All right, welcome back for part two, when we are talking about a little bit of how perfectionism can show up in parenting. And so Mel, how about you get us started with maybe a story or an experience that you had? Sure. Um, I'm like, oh, where do you even begin? I feel, um, I, I guess I'll start like right at the beginning. Uh, one of the first things I feel I took on, uh, when Willow was first born was like, I feel like I wanted to be a Pinterest mom. Like mm. that's what I wanted to be. And I wanted to have all of the like handcrafted, like decorated everything. I remember, um, I was on leave. Like I, I had like three weeks leave, uh, prior to Willow being born. And so I had some time and I remember the very first thing I did was I made invites, like handmade invites, uh, of like for her sip and see, that's what we had was a sip and see. And so I had, uh, these handmade invites and like, they were super cute. I loved them. And I feel like that in that moment, the tone that I had already set was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like I can do it now. And so obviously I'll be able to keep doing this. And, uh, I, I had her baby book and, you know, I wanted to make it all scrapbooky and pretty. I have not added like anything to that baby book really since she was born. Like I have some things stuffed in there, but I'm like, it, and she's seven. And I'm like, it does not look how I thought it would look when I brought her home and bought this, this silly book uh, and all of the scrapbooking things uh, and was going to put this together and have this be this like beautiful representation of, you know, her years. And I mean, I guess in a way it kind of is because it's just some random things thrown into a book. And I'm like, this is the beautiful <laughs> representation. This is lived experience where, I mean, it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> the The intention was there and the hope was there, but the execution was not what I thought it was going to be at all. <laughs> and I feel like that's a lot of things. Like, it's just like a metaphor for all the it, things. It, is. Right? it really is. Like I wanted to do this. I thought I could have time to do this. That's really what it came down to. I'm like, it has nothing to do with like, the desire it's mostly just the I don't have time <laughs> like I don't have time and I don't have energy and sometimes I'm like you know with this scrapbook is she really going to measure you know her life or my love for her by this scrapbook like at the end of the day I could do it I could make time I could find the time to do it but like is she going to look back on her life and be like, my mom never made me a Pinteresty scrapbook, therefore, you know? And it's yeah, like, yeah. that's great if people do have the time and, and the desire to do that. But I learned later, don't get me wrong, like just because I started doing this or, or I wanted to do this when she was a couple months old, it's it still hits me that I'm like, oh, I should do this. I, I, should. I should, I should, I should, yes. And I don't, and I still feel guilty sometimes when I don't do those things and I'm not the Pinterest mom all the time. Um, and like, there are more, I still, like, I still enjoy doing Pinteresty things. Like I, I do enjoy that, but there are some times where, 
I will see whether it's on social media or what that like people are obviously doing something more extravagant or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done that. Or I wish I had time to do this. And and I know we've talked about this before because I think we were closer, to, like just after Christmas um, and we were talking about, you know, just the pressure of Christmas in general and the holiday season and all of the things that I think traditionally moms take on. And um, Christmas, as much as I love the holiday, I feel is very stressful for me because I, I want to be able to do all of the things, but like, why is always my question. Like, why do I want to do all this baking and, you know, make my own wrapping paper and do elf on the shelf? And like, like, why, like, why do I want to do this? And, and sometimes I feel it is because of this like comparison. Cause I see somebody else is able to do all of these things. And like, surely I can be able to do all of these things as well. And then it just like makes me feel like I'm, I'm not living up to my job or my expectation because I, I can't do the baking. I also don't want to do the baking is the thing. Like I really I have zero desire to bake and uh, I should bake. Like that's, that's literally the first thought I should bake. And then I don't. And I receive some of that baking and I'm like, I should have made time to do this. But again, like, I don't want to, like, I really don't want to. And that, that is the key. Like, yes, that is the key that I don't want. I don't want to. Like, I just feel like there are so many pressures that are coming from so many different outlets. And again, whether it's, you know, societal pressure or comparison, like Mm. we see it and we feel like, if so-and-so can do it, then like I should too, or I can too. Um, and I just feel like it, it, it becomes really difficult to overcome that because it's so, I think ingrained in us, particularly as moms, like this is kind of the standard and like, you should do this because you should do this. You're a mom, like that's what you should do. And again, I, I think it, it becomes hard to stand up against that and, you know, set boundaries to say, I'm not going to bake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is not what I'm going to do. And it doesn't mean that I love my family less. I'm just not going to do this thing. Yes. And that <laughs> is like, that right there is so profound because whether we're talking about the baby book or we're talking about Christmas baking or we're talking about yeah the leprechaun. Yes. <laughs> I have feelings. Yep. I have feelings about the yeah. leprechaun. We can talk about the leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> Whether all along the motherhood journey, people are going to do things differently than you. Who, you're listening. I'm saying you like the listener. Yes. Yeah. Is you're going to want to do things differently. And you might want to like disrupt some shit, right? Where like, I have a friend right now who I'm so proud of her. Her kids are grown there and her Mm -hmm. and her husband sat down and talked about who was now responsible for making supper. She had been responsible for buying the groceries and making supper. And just recently she had a conversation with him and he was like, yeah, of course I'll make supper. It was like, but she had been like, it's my, it's my thing. I have to let it go. Yeah. 
do the supper, yeah. you know, like, what does it say about me if I'm not cooking supper and I'm the right. one? Right. Right. Like, yeah. And so, and I don't know if that was exactly her experience, but this is the experience that I'm on the receiving end a lot of the time mm -hmm. with my clients around perfectionism and motherhood and expectations. And not only your own internal expectations, but the expectations that put all that are put on you. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> this is like a bit of a tangent, but my son it's came okay. to grade one after St. Patrick's day and said to me, why didn't the leprechaun come and visit me yeah and I was like there's a fucking leprechaun in my head I know yes like, I know I didn't realize there was a leprechaun so at the time I didn't I tried to like skirt around it because I had mm -hmm. no idea that this was a thing and so I get home and it's all over social media yeah a few of my acquaintances and friends have done the leprechaun thing. Yes. Yeah, I did. And I was like, okay, so the leprechaun is like a, an Easter bunny. And so we, mm -hmm. have to, we have to celebrate Christmas yep. and Valentine's day. Yeah. And St. Patrick's now day. There's a, now there's a leprechaun. Yep. And Easter. Mm -hmm. like, and also I like, if you listen to my podcast long enough, you will know that I'm very anti like capitalism. And so yeah. like, am I just supposed to give my kid chocolate in the shape of gold nuggets? Like I, yes. for, for what? <laughs> for what? This, yeah. This doesn't prove my love. Also no judgment at whatsoever. If you no, have not at all authentically chosen to participate in for sure. Yes. It does not feel authentic for me. That's and yeah. so we're not doing it. So we had the conversation yes. with him that some, and same with elf on the shelf. We don't do elf on the shelf. Yeah. And so we had this, we had to like navigate this conversation mm -hmm. around because he's still old enough to believe in the other figures. Right. It's like could disrupt all of that. That, yeah. And so we had the conversation about Elf on the Shelf and the Leprechaun and how that is a choice for some mm -hmm. parents. However, mm -hmm. if kids are coming to school and telling you that le the Leprechaun came and they really do think that it's a Leprechaun and not their parents, you, you also need to like try your best to censor that and let them feel the magic of all of that for sure yeah and so it's this like you're talking about baby books and christmas and i'm talking about the leprechaun and giving your kid chocolate once mm -hmm. a month for the sake of giving them chocolate because of yes capitalism and cadbury right yep i i just feel that's another thing that mom it is another thing yeah they mm -hmm. have to go pick it up and not in all relationships. Yeah. However, in most it is it's mom. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Even, in, even in same sex couples, there is often a default parent. And mm -hmm. the that, parent. So yeah. whoever the default parent is, they are often planning, conceptualizing and executing all of the spirit days. For sure. And so yes. to break the mold of that because it does come down to a bit of a little bit of perfection, a little bit of people mm -hmm. pleasing, a little bit mm -hmm. of society conditioning is that the internal, the internal conversation that we all have with ourselves is that somehow all of that equals love. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely agree. I also did not know about the leprechaun. Um, and we didn't start like we we do elf on a shelf and we didn't until like she wasn't I feel really knowledgeable about it until 
this is our second year doing it. Okay. And I was like, uh, fine with that. I feel like I find, because I do love to do Pinteresty things. And, and I was talking to you about this the other day and I was like, I realized like we can just do crafts without it being attached to anything. Like I 100% recognize yeah. that. Um, but I think for me, again, I very much am like, okay, I, I want to have control over certain things. And so I will set up whatever scene it is for Elf on the Shelf or even this Leprechaun thing. I'm like, I still, it wasn't elaborate, you know, like I, I still, even though I do these things, I still can go on to social media or whatever Pinterest and feel these like over the, like see these over the top scenes. And I'm like, I should have done that. You know, like mine is like, I still feel it even though even though I am doing it, like I am doing it, but it's like, it could always be better. It could always be better. And that's like, no, I'm sitting here and saying like pretty confidently that I don't want to celebrate it. And I've chosen not to. Yes. Even when I go on social media and I, and I see other people's images of the morning or them all dressed up in green, you know, like, and they've like, you can tell that they've made effort into Mm -hmm. the green. It's not just like the green shirt they have in their closet already. Right. Right. And even when I see that, I think that looks really fun. Maybe, maybe I should, you know, like maybe if I changed the way that I thought about it, maybe if I didn't Mm -hmm. think about it as this thing that I had to do, that it was this thing that I wanted to do and it was going to be fun and I could, you know, feel a bit of that like craft or creative vibe that it would be good. And then, and then that other part of me kicks in and actually you don't want Want to do it. And we shouldn't have to make ourselves want to do it. Yeah for the sake of doing it, you know? And like, I totally understand that. Like, that is literally how I feel about the baking. Like the Christmas break baking is like, there's a part of me that's always like, I should enjoy this because that's what moms do, right? We enjoy Christmas baking. Like that's, that's part of the role is like, I should want to do this. And then it turns into like, what's wrong with me that I don't enjoy this yes. or want to do this. Yes. And I feel like that is where like my mind shift has to still needs to, to do some work in that like there isn't anything wrong with me and just because so and so who I know is also a parent and does enjoy baking and does do this stuff that's not me and that's that's fine. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with me as a mom. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. This is just not something I want to do. It's not something I want to do. Just as like the leprechaun is not something you want to do and it doesn't need to be. And there is nothing wrong with either of us or any of us. Like this is just finding what works for you and doing that. Yes. Or I've, I've had other people frame it in, in a way of, then I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough mother. It doesn't always go to the place of what's wrong with me. Internally for me, it does. But how I receive it from my clients and the people in my programs is that then I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. If I don't bake, if I don't do elf on the shelf, if I don't do the leprechaun thing, if I don't put 10 
balloons on the outside of my kid's door on the birthday mm-hmm. morning, then I'm not good enough. Yes. Right. Yes. And the idea of good enough is so complicated. And again, I yes. think in every podcast episode, I say something to the effect of there's no way that we could summarize some of these concepts in a podcast. And that's not its purpose. There are books for that. Mm-hmm. There is research for that. But yes. like in, in this idea of good enough, especially the way that women have been conditioned and particularly what the research is showing us around millennial women mm-hmm. is that the idea of good enough is complicated simply because of the generation in which we were raised. Yeah. And so there is the time frame, like being right. a child in the eighties and the nineties is mm-hmm. there is, we have never as a society had so much information at our fingertips and mm-hmm. so much access, access. yeah mm-hmm. other people yes right like i go online and i can see five different instances at least five is like on the low end low yeah low in terms of like if i go on facebook and only consume information from my like my friends right and family I can see at least five instances in a 10 minute scroll, Mm -hmm. how other people are living their lives. Doing this. Yep. Mm -hmm. How they handle the tantrum, how they manage a birthday party, the choices they make going to Mexico or not going to Mexico, you know, like I, you're inundated with it constantly. Mm -hmm. Comparisonism and perfection are best friends, right? Oh, for sure. Yep. They're like, let's let's team up. Yeah. And it's, it's also, um, I feel it's just information overload. Like I, I literally said to my class the other day, um, because one of the questions that they asked after, um, my, my labor and delivery story and telling them, you know, like I read all the books and I, I did the prenatal classes. Um, somebody had asked if, if I could change anything, what would I change? Or if I could do anything differently. And my answer was done less research. Like, I think I would have, I would have scaled back the amount of information that I had, because even then having all of that information is like changing my understanding and my expectation. And so I feel like it's very much the same when we have access to this, it becomes like information overload. And this is all setting like a precedence of like, this is what it should look like. And then when it doesn't look like that, or we don't do it in that way, I think, again, for most most of us as moms, like we start to question, like, why doesn't it look like that? Or like, why does this person make it look so easy? I feel like my biggest thing is, you know, if I look at the birthday parties or something like that, and also a teacher or like they're working as well, like there's like, you know, like we look the same. A lot of similarities. Yes. And yet like mine doesn't look like that. Or like I couldn't, I couldn't make it as elaborate as this person. And again, it's like when we didn't have access to this, like, who are you comparing it to? Like you may have heard like somebody, a friend saying, oh, like this is what we did at like 
this party, but I think when we see it, but you didn't see it, right? When you didn't and see so, it. Yeah. You, I think when we see it, we know what it should look like or could look yeah. like. And then when ours doesn't, we're upset or frustrated with ourselves or we with feel ourselves. guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I have never, ever felt, you know, I, I feel like my husband is quite hands-on with a lot of things. And, um, you know, if we're doing something like whether it's planning the birthday party or whatever it is, never once have I been like, he didn't tie the balloons, right? Like, like it didn't look like this because of something like he didn't provide or whatever. It's always me. Even if we did it together, it's, it's still like I lacked somewhere, like something on my planning end, or again, my execution, like something didn't go right. And that something is because of me and no one else and no one else and no one else. And it's just this really weird. It's just this really weird world of having such access to all the things all the time. And I think, again, it comes back to like, where do we set boundaries? And like, where do we find that sense of like control. Like, I feel like it's like, we can't control what we maybe see and then like understand or think from like somebody else that's posted something or whatever it might be. But like, we can control how we respond to it. Just as we said in the last, in the last segment, like we can control how we respond and react to this. And again, I think if it's like something that you don't really want to do, but you've seen it done and therefore somehow have like taken that on as something we should do, then like your reaction needs to be, I didn't want to do it anyway. It's like, I don't want to do this and that's fine. And then we need to be fine with that decision. Yes. And like, that's great. It looked amazing. Good for you. Right. But this is what works in my house. And, uh, I think when we start to and for my kids, I just, I just yeah, and for my kids, just yeah. for a second, like, and for my yeah. kids, right. Yeah. Like, I have a eight-year-old who has a sensory processing disorder and ADHD. And so for him, he doesn't actually like the overstimulated birthday party, Christmas celebration. Like on Christmas, predictably, we have at least three meltdowns, at least three because of the sensory overload. And so, and we're just at home. Like we haven't even added in, you know, the, the bigger family function. Like that is just the morning of opening presents right. yep. with our immediate family. And so, you know, I think also in, in the formula of this, not only is it the expectations that you have for yourself, it's also being able to accept your child for who they are mm-hmm. and having to adjust some of that whether it's your own, your family's or society's expectations around what should right. happen on any particular situation or event. Yeah. And having, you know, I think where you were going with that, and I'm sorry that I interrupted you, but no. I just I needed to add in that, like acknowledging the temperament of your child in the yeah. of it all yep. is that then when you've decided just stand firm in your decision. Mm, yes. Yep. And be whatever the mental gymnastics are to be okay with that decision, to stop shit talking yourself over it. Mm-hmm. That like, that is the most powerful piece. I think. I absolutely agree. I think it very much is the, 
the internal shaming that we do because we've grown up feeling like, or maybe even planning, you know, like, again, going back to like, not necessarily being in it, but like, almost these like fantasies that we create about like, this is what I'm going to be like as a parent without the actual kid there. This is the lesson planning without knowing your students. And then, you know, they're here and you're parenting and you're like, well, this is different than what I thought it would be. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Teachable moments, like let it go where it's going to go. Now that you have this being with their own personality and their own spin on how they're going to understand, connect, um, interact with like everything that's kind of coming their way and with you. And you're right. Like absolutely finding a way that works best for them and you, you know, and like, cause that's just it. I mean, if we're making, like, if we're doing the leprechaun and the kids don't even enjoy it, then like, what the hell are we doing it for? <laughs> like, so I mean, can- if you want your own pot of gold chocolate for on sure. March 17th morning, you absolutely, absolutely. Yes. And honestly, I'm like, we used left. I used leftover Halloween candy that I had oh, in my exactly. classroom. So I'm like, I literally went out and bought nothing. I was like, nobody's eating this. So I'm going to put it in here. <laughs> And it'll sit at home and probably nobody will eat it. But it, you know what? It was, I feel in that moment I had capacity to do it. And maybe, yes, yes, I was like influenced, not by necessarily what I saw, because I didn't actually see anything about it. She brought home this, like, they made a leprechaun trap and she was like, so gung ho about it. And I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. And she had like her little plan and not that you know, I could have totally had a conversation if she set this trap and nobody came. Uh, But I think in the moment I was like, you know what, I have capacity for this. I don't always like, again, the baking, I don't have capacity for. Um, But I was like, you know what, I could do a little something. And I felt that it was not elaborate. I feel anytime I do any of these things, um, which, which I, I do consciously, um, but I, I almost find like pride, I guess, in that like I'm using household things. I'm not going out and shopping until 10 o'clock at night to put up this like little scene. I'm just like, oh, I have a toilet paper roll. Perfect. I'll use this, you know, and it's I I feel like for me, sometimes I'm like, I want to like, I want to do things, but in my own way, Um Yes, maybe I got some inspiration still on Pinterest because that's like where my jam is. But I, I don't, I don't want it to feel inauthentic mm-hmm. in that like I need to go out now and spend X amount of dollars and stay up until all hours of the night creating this scene because that's like what I saw done. And like, I feel like I can look at those things and I can appreciate them. And I'm like, that's lovely. Like, that's amazing. Such a cute idea. Not what I'm going to do though. And, Mm -hmm. and even though like, yes, I'm still doing some of those things. I feel, you know, that I take it on in my own way. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I see those things and I'm like, oh, I wish I had time to do that. Or I wish I had the stuff to do that. But again, at the end of the day, like, does setting up the big scene mean that I love her any less? No. Mm. Does setting up a scene period mean that I love her any more? No. Mm. Um, but I find that 
for me, it's just like, what can I, what do I have capacity for? And if I, if I have it and I can do it and I want to do it, then that's fine. Um, me and my friend were actually just talking about the leprechaun. She's like, I totally forgot that it was St. Patrick's Day in general. And she's like, and like, do I care? No. But she sent me a message about like my little, I showed like a video of Willow's Trap or whatever. And she was like, that's so cute. And and then was like, I totally forgot it was St. Patrick's Day. So, <laughs> and, and she like, she is so funny to me because she's a kindergarten teacher and very much does stuff like right. this all of the time. And so I'm like, you probably don't then need to go home and also do this, you know? And I was saying to you, I'm like, I can't, you know, I used to teach youth craft classes to little ones and I loved it and I'm like you know my big kids get enough of like my wild ideas as it is if they came into like a classroom that was set up as like a leprechaun trap they'd be like Ms. Schmitz what are you doing <laughs> and so it was like again something that I was like you know what I'm gonna do this I can handle this I want to do this for her she was very excited about her trap so like to put a little something was like I didn't feel like I was going over and above or feeling like I was really needing to prove anything to anybody else. I was just like, I, I want to do this and I can do this. I don't always have that though. Like there are many things that I'm like, I need to let this go. I acknowledge that somebody else has done it and it looks fantastic or that's a great idea. I do not have the capacity for this. And I also don't want to do this. And it's, it's hard sometimes. I think it's hard. Yes. There's still those moments of like, uh, but maybe like, you know, there are times where I find myself, like you said, like trying to talk myself into like wanting to do this, but it's okay to talk yourself out of it, especially if you really don't want to do this to be yes. like, Hey, you don't have to like, you just end of story. You don't have to do this. Yes. It does not reflect you or your parenting, I feel in any way, it doesn't reflect your love in mm -hmm. any way. You're a busy parent and like, as is everybody. And so if, if what your parenting life is different than what somebody else's parenting life is, then I, I think that's fine. And I mm -hmm. think that's probably good actually, because <laughs> our kids are not the same and our life is not the same. And nothing is the same. And yeah. so again, if it works for this family and, and the kids and the parents and it works over here, then wonderful. I think we can acknowledge that and be like, that's cute. That's a great idea. Love it. But like, that's not cute. And that's not a great idea. And I don't love it when or when it's in my parameter, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think that's a great, that's a great space, I think, for us to, to close up our conversation yeah. today about perfectionism and yes. really where we went with that was like the expectations mm -hmm. um, of certain celebrations and yeah. how we, how we talk to ourselves about it, how we make our decisions about that. Mm -hmm. What do we need? What kind of capacity do we have? And um, you know, are we holding ourselves up to an expectation that isn't something that we even want to try to achieve, right? Yes. Just really honoring whatever feels authentic and whatever mm -hmm. feels like within our capacity and um, really honoring 
the decision-making process, I think around Mm -hmm. it, whether you're going to participate in something or not, or um, how you are going to participate in something. And um, I think it's really valuable to look inside and turn in and really sit with what the narratives are, what the stories are inside of, inside of you so that Mm -hmm. you can make those decisions in from an authentic place, you know, maybe elf on the shelf, you know, like you said, we do elf on the shelf and I don't. And, and there's nothing like, like we said, there's, there's no goodness or wrongness or more love or less love based on any of those decisions. And, you know, if my kids ask for it, I might reconsider it, but they've never asked for it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's never been a question of like, why don't exactly. Right. Exactly. And so it's every, the parent you think that you are before you are a parent is very different than the parent you are in practice and the parent you are in the early days and the school age years and the teenager years and then having a 20 something like the way that you parent and the way that your child needs to be parented is going to shift and change yes absolutely yes absolutely yeah Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And having these conversations with us. Um, if you haven't listened to the first part, I really encourage you to go back and, and look at it. We did reference it a few times within this one. And so um, it would be really valuable um, to go back and, and listen to that conversation as well. So thank you so much for being here. And we will see you in the next episode.